Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why should we hide him? Well, I'm reasonable quality. Welcome back to TF3, where this week we're at TF2. Adam is uh, with family uh, and Kristen is with me. Kristen, welcome back. Which is also with family. Very good. Um, mutual. Uh, now, uh, those are the keys to my house. Now, um... Chris, you put out a question. We put out questions on for questions on Twitter before, and what came back was a really great question to start with, which was, um, well, actually, you put it out there uh, again. So why don't you start this? Yeah, so I, I've actually been trying to find who asked it because I feel terrible that I can't um, say them. Let me find uh, it for you. You start. You tell us who, and I'll find it. So someone asked us who was the player that made the us on the show fall in love with with football and i thought that's a a great question because it's it's so kind of personal and yet so varied so we had like a gigantic range of answers everything from peter beardsley to alan johnston uh there was batistuta in there um diego baggio waddle um i'm trying to find there was Priya Ramesh, who's a very talented uh, writer that tends to focus on the Dutch League. She actually cited Captain Subasa, um, who Ireland is a Japanese cartoon. I believe it's Japanese. Um, and that was actually, funnily enough, the inspiration for Alexis and Iniesta, they said in interviews. Um, so, yeah, it's a Japanese cartoon that ran from 81 to 88. Um, so before... You and I were even on this planet. Any, any um, So, uh, yes, um, because he is, after all, thirty-seven. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was a really nice kind of question to just hear answers on because I think if there's one thing I've realised about Twitter is that so often you're kind of just throwing things out there that you want people to see. It's nice to kind of listen for a little bit. Well, it was Owen Reed who asked the question in the first place. He said, "Which player slash players made you love football?" Uh, Chris, who who is it for you? I, I was thinking about it. On it, there's so there's so many kind of different ones. I have a feeling it, it, the one that jumped into my head was Peter Beardsley. Yeah, Be- Beardo is a good one, isn't he? You him sound and, very. You Zola. sound so. You sound so similar at this point to uh, Graham Hunter uh, when he sort <laughs> of does. I fell in, I fell in love with football when I saw you. <clears throat> you know. Yeah, it's him and I remember, like I said, the, the goal I remember kind of watching first, it was Zola's against Manchester United, where he dances down the right and then cuts inside and goes back across the goal. Um, I just remember being so impressed that someone that small could be so kind of decisive. Because you do, you watch football through a very different eye as a child, because you don't really have mm. the context of everything. You just, you think the biggest players must always be the best, and that's... Most definitely not the case. Is there anyone for you that, that kind of sticks up? Loads. Um, I mean, there's a kid. I, I'm trying to think of as a child who made me fall in love with because I know now who makes me fall in love with football and the obvious answer is Xabi Alonso. Um, mm. I love Javier Mascherano. Uh, okay. I just, I think he's got a great story in the first place. You know, when he came to England, he looked so fresh off the boat. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean by that? that he kind of had this scruffy haircut and this kind of f- fresh smile and this kind of un, I don't know, slightly untainted way. And he slowly honed his skills and it just, it was just great to watch that he was clearly a great football player and someone with great motivation and over time just learned and especially next to other great midfielders like Steven Gerrard and Jabby Alonso, you know, mm. um, and learned different things and, you know, it was definitely uh, pacey and all those sort of things. And then when he moved to Barcelona, acquired almost completely 
different set of skills, if you know what I mean. Um, mm. And just continue to grow. And there was something really satisfying about that. Um, no, I can believe that. I'm trying to think who else. I mean, Michael Owen is a very obvious answer for, as a kid. But mm. I, don't, I don't actually think he made me love football. I don't think, like, looking back, I know that he made me, enjoy, like, I wanted to go down to the park and score that Argentina goal. But I don't know if anything, if at any other point, uh, he sort of, maybe because he was heroed, but I don't know if it was him that made me love it or so much just sort of media around him that made me love it. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I'm trying to think, because he was, he was a pace demon. He was. He was indeed. David Gillen, maybe? I mean, Gillen was a good one. Yeah. G- Gillen, was, he was so... In the wake of telling this story that I told the other day, uh, when I was a youngster, I used to do modelling as a child. Yes. Um, and one of the opportunities that that brought around was Newcastle held a fashion show. This was kind of when they were trying to really break out and market themselves globally. Um, and if On I, the World Wide Web? I know. Um, it was crazy. You could fax them your orders and everything. Yeah. Um, and if I remember correctly, the, the four players they signed that summer were David Janilla, Les Ferdinand, Shaka Hislop and Warren Barton. And the, they were in the show. So... I got a day off school. Um, I got, I think, the kits free. We got given to kind no. of keep them. Do you still have those? I don't, sadly. Um, I didn't think to keep them. But the best part for me was they had erected a, a stage on the actual stand. So it kind of walked, it, it was built off one of the vomitories. So oh you God. walked out onto the stage. And before, because the, there was so much time just sitting, waiting around, we... Ivy, the, the kids, all got to play football with the four players. And we got to have a kick around with them. And it was just, oh, it was absolutely brilliant. That's outrageously good. Yeah, it was, it was, a, oh, it was an insane amount of fun. Um, yeah, it was, I think, as I look back, that's one thing I'm really glad that my mum managed to, to, to organise for me. Because it's, was it's you a once in a really lifetime experience. Um... <laughs> I think I just had a good look at the time. Sure. And then, Did you have curtains? What was your hairstyle? It's best be described as as a mullet, kind of. Wow. Not as aggressive as, as you're maybe thinking. It was a lot softer. It wasn't shaved sure. on the sides or anything. Um, a bit, you know, you know, Lawrenson at his peak uh, when he good. was young. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Basically like that was yeah. kind of what it was. Um, That's an excellent so yeah. hairstyle for a young man of your age. I know. It's, it's one that's... Uh, it's one that I have, have not sought to recapture. I'm trying to think of other people. Um, do you know what? Zlatan wasn't really around. Were we? Tino Aspria, I remember. I did actually love Newcastle. Like, uh, there's something about Newcastle when you're a kid. The black and white kit, those sort of things that really make you like mm. them. Uh, Pavel Nedved I really liked. Yes. Um, in his Juve days. But I, still, I wasn't very young then. Like, who, is he, who did he play for before he went to Juve? Um Lazio. I don't I wouldn't have seen a lot of him. Uh and then before that I was sort of assured that footballers were all bad, bad men. Um so <laughs> I shouldn't follow them. Uh and I shouldn't want to be like them. Uh not least uh, you know, sort of the, the drinking ones. Uh and the ones who go out and do terrible, terrible things. Um whatever that means. Uh, there was someone else actually, Chris, who uh I can't remember who it is. I if I find the question then I'll uh, say whose name it is but basically it said um has chris ever met any famous footballers uh chris <laughs> chris have you ever met any famous footballers uh i have yes who have you met yes um well this is this is going to sound uh very dennis penneth um obviously you and i have worked with ian wright um, I've had lunch with him a few times. That's that's always a lot of fun. Yeah, but Chris, you, have mean, you met any famous footballers? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's any I've met in bizarre circumstances. Um, that's because obviously with work you meet a decent amount. I'm trying to think if there's any. Yeah. Un, unlike sort of in the mould of that fashion show that, that weren't kind of normal expected 
Um, I once had a nice chat when I was a student at Newcastle. I once had a nice chat with Antoine Sibierski as we were leaving the stadium at the same time. And he said what? That's uh, my car, mate. Don't, don't sit on it. <laughs> um, he was carrying a box and I said, oh, are you taking the rubbish out for us? And then we started talking about Newcastle and how he was finding the area and all that kind of stuff. And he stuff. said, no, have you seen all our signings recently? <laughs> um, actually, in the, in the same mould in that job, I don't know how I forgot this one, Juventus came to play a friendly. Of course they did. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you, there was a strict rule about you couldn't get autographs. It was just not the done thing. And I had been busted doing it twice already. Um, Sorry. And I had accepted that like I was going to uni that September, so this would be the last time I would do it anyway. It just mm. wasn't worth it. Mm. <clears throat> um, and so I picked up a Juventus shirt, went to the game, stayed afterwards, got to watch them train with Ranieri and Chiellini and all these great players, just kind of sat um, because security was lax with it being a friendly. What was it um, like watching a Premier League win? Oh. Um, and then afterwards, they all kind of filed off and I only wanted one player's autograph. Only wanted Del Piero's at the yeah. time. Um, and so he kind of stopped and he had a chat with me and all this. And I was just blown away that this... this I think he'd won the World Cup, maybe, that year. What year was that? 2006? Uh, 2006, 2007, I want to say. <clears throat> so, so I think he had just won the World Cup. He would Cup. have just won the World Cup then. Yeah, probably it was post-World Cup if they're coming for a friendly, wasn't it? Mm, and, and I um, had learned... Well, obviously, know a bit of Italian. So I had initially engaged him in Italian um, and he was not knowing that he spoke away. English <laughs> um, <laughs> you're just like see see <laughs> but I, I think you know funny enough I look back on it and I think that's what did me the favour was that because he got the feeling that I had tried to kind of engage in his language yeah, yeah. it seemed to kind of please him a little bit so we stopped and had a chat about football and just and it's yeah it's one of those things I've still got the shirt in my room it's, it's going to be framed at some point there's Chiellini on there as well. Because um, he said, you know, just come through and the guys will pass through so you can just sign it. Um, no way. So it's, there's, there's, sadly, Nedved is not on there. Nedved did play, but I missed him just. And Trezeguet refused to sign it. Really? Um, yeah, which is very weird. I, th- I don't know why. Um, he just refused. But Chiellini's on there. Uh, Ranieri's have been. And there's a few decent little names on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, Del Piero's is there kind of on its own so I think I'll frame it in a way that just shows off his because he's just a player that I think is wonderful hey kids come over and hear Pappy's story about when he met the team and they will call you Pappy we both know why <laughs> anyway um, uh, any other, anyone else famous like, uh, I'm trying to think who else I've met um, uh, Pato was a good one Pato was just there I've not, it, you know what there are times where you meet a footballer and then there are times where you get close to a footballer do you know what I mean? Mm, yes. Um, how how are we forgetting the the sneaker store story? Oh my god! Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, um, Kristen and I made a podcast about uh, podcast made a um, a radio documentary series for Talksport. Uh, now hear me out; it was better than it sounds, and um, <laughs> it was about was this one the one about substitutes? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Was it, it? The premise was super subs, and the premise and the, was yeah, yeah. The Royal Navy Reservists or something, or the Army Reservists. Um, yes, exactly. Um, and the the thing was, we'd we'd heard from a source that he was going to be at a local sneaker store where everyone sort of goes and it's a cool place, blah blah blah. And so uh, we heard there was this event that night, and um, for some reason, I knew the manager couldn't get in to actually speak to him but was sort of allowed to wait at the door and Chris and I waited for four hours for Didier Drogba was it four yeah three four he hours w- he, w- he was an hour late that's what that's what made it worse he was he was supposed to arrive at three and we had politely asked is there any chance we couldn't hang around and he was like look I'm under strict instructions it's just no one else is in the store but staff even though so even though everyone else had gone in I think it was yeah. we were standing there with a the microphone it was sort of like oh, okay and I, I had opted not to buy some expensive shoes I think that didn't help yeah, me that didn't um, help yeah yeah but we waited and he was an hour late and kind of we debated waiting around and all this and it was you know it's a long time and I remember saying to you like look just do it because if we go home now we're just going to sit and wonder what might have happened yeah very good and sh- sure enough he came out at around 7-8 o'clock 
and he had two security and his best friend. And I talked to the best friend to kind of keep him busy. And in that and time, and asked him if he'd bought shoes. <laughs> and in that time, you interviewed him. I enthused over Didier Drogba and went up, and I think we got one answer, which was basically uh, like maybe three questions. And then at some point, he just looked at us and were like, "Oh, why are we doing this interview on the street?" And then we just walked <laughs> away. And uh, we, we got what we wanted, and his voice ended up in said documentary um, uh, and was a great selling point for the documentary because it turns out that if you can be able to say we have a Premier League footballer in it, more people are likely to listen. Excellent. Um, who else? I met Mark Van Bommel, interviewed him. That was a lovely interview. You know what? Oh, nice. um, a, at the Adidas HQ, there was a... It was for like World Soccer magazine or something. Um, I sat down with him. And I said, listen, I'm really sorry. These are pre, pre-agreed questions from the magazine. Um, and everyone outside was like, oh, God, he's going to be terrible. He's a terrible guy. Like, you, you know, you won't like him and he won't like you. Like, you know, he's going to hit you. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, uh, you know, I walked in and he was like, hey, what's your name? Lawrence, oh, great. And by the end of the interview, like, we were touching each other's legs uh, weirdly like he was touching, <laughs> leaning in and sort of being like you'll never guess what like if i could have gone anywhere in the league i'd have gone to beep um and then uh i think it was spurs at the time and basically uh i like we didn't end up in the interview because he was like oh don't tell anyone um and then you know obviously other people in the room and then we went to interview it went uh, out afterwards and uh the person who gave me the interview like the pr guy was like oh yeah, we should do more of this because Mark really likes you. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and uh, I remember, being, you know, when you're a young journalist and you just get any affirmation, it was like, mm. I'm good at this because this was not long after a terrible Wayne Rooney incident that we'll never speak of again. Um, <laughs> Tell so that story. I, um, I don't know. If, I probably can. Uh, did I sign an NDA? Maybe I, was, I, might, I might have told it before on the podcast. Um we went to... Yeah, I think I can. Chris, I've told you this story. Yeah, I've definitely told you this story. Um, I told Marcus mm. this story. And Marcus Marcus from the Football Ramble always makes me tell this story again. I think he gets like great pleasure out of hearing, <laughs> hearing it. I don't know why. In like a sadistic way almost. Um, uh, we, we were invited by FIFA uh, through IGN, International Games Network, or whatever it is. Gaming Network, I don't know. To interview Wayne Rooney at a house which had been made up to look like Wayne Rooney's house. Wow. And in said house was a load of bloggers, so I was there for World Soccer Talk and IGN and a couple of other people. Tim Cahill, Jolien Lescott, which tells you the level, and there's one other footballer, but I can't remember who. That's terrible. Anyway, um, everyone was there playing FIFA and sort of sucking up to Tim Cahill um, because he was in his Everton Prime at the time. And Wayne was downstairs in the basement and like bloggers were coming back up and they were like, man, I, I don't understand it. Like, I'm really good at FIFA. I was 3-0 up and then Wayne won 4-3. And we were all a bit like, oh, that's really weird. Like, that doesn't <laughs> happen very often. And it was a bit like, yeah, it's almost like the game has been uh, fixed or something. And it was like, oh, no, that would never happen. Anyway, somehow, miraculously, through this house tournament, which was also known as the House of Wayne. Um, I'm <laughs> <laughs> not even joking. <laughs> Um, we, we Wayne got to the final and played Jolien Lescott. So we're standing there watching Wayne and Jolien Lescott play, and everyone knows it's boring watching people play FIFA. So, um, sorry, I've said that during a generation which has actually developed to completely just watch people play FIFA. So I don't know what's going on. Um, and so Wayne's playing, and Wayne goes one 0 down, and this is the season in which I think might have been the first season might have been the season before City won the title but anyway everyone thought City were on to win the title it was the season before Sir Alex got um, uh, Van Persie so uh, maybe two seasons anyway City were well on for the title right and Lescott was loving it and Wayne Rooney's agent who is called Paul Stratford Paul Stratford is still his agent probably um when Jolien Lescott scored the first goal, leant over the back of the sofa, put his hands on Wayne Rooney's shoulders and said, it's all right, Wayne, you're still the best. <laughs> and I just remember looking at it and being like, what the hell is going on? And so that finished. I think Lescott won. 
and Wayne was not best pleased. So we go back upstairs where I then have my immediate interview with Wayne after said time when Wayne has lost this game. I can't talk about the interview because I am actually NDA'd about the interview, but suffice to say, I did not get the information that I went set out to get, which was um, whether Wayne Rooney played FIFA and um, whether Wayne enjoyed playing FIFA. Um, and it ended with me being ejected from the room um, and sort of backed up against a wall by Paul Stretford. And Paul Stretford shouted in my face, um, next time you do your fucking job. Um, and I just sort of sat there and was like, hmm. I stood against the wall, sort of like, hmm. I remember the PR guy, distinctly the PR guy came out to me and went, ooh, you messed up. <laughs> and I just went, oh, great. <laughs> um, and I thought I'd never work again. Um, but who's bigger How in the wrong industry you now, were. Wayne? Yeah. Um, still you, Wayne. Still you. Uh, so it was who's facing calls to be sacked and never, never used again? Yeah. Uh, I never worked for IGN again, that's for sure, because um, because it went through an approval process. Uh, they just withheld the tape. And so uh, I was deemed as the person who made it difficult to get the answers, even though ultimately it wasn't me. Uh, anyway, I've done plenty of successful interviews since then, uh, as you will hear soon. Anyway, um, but... Chris, uh, it's been it's actually been really interesting to look down this uh, list of uh, football players that uh, people still love. Um, Yari Lippmann is a good one. He really is, and he played he played for eons, didn't he? He was going. I think he went finished in Finland, went back yeah. back home, so to speak, and was still going. Uh... Do you remember when he played for Liverpool for a little while? That's the thing. There's so there's so many clubs. There's Ajax, there's Barcelona, uh, Liverpool, <clears throat> Fulham in there. Although I don't think he actually played for Fulham. Um, or was it two spells at Fulham? Jesus, did he ever? Did he never play for Fulham? He had two spells there. Um, whilst Christian mutes himself to go and find out. Um, Most definitely. Uh, do you feel? What about uh, Berg Camp? Obviously, is in there. Um, some other people saying Paul Scholes. Uh, I cry. Someone else. Uh, what was this? Uh, I cry when he left Hearts. Uh, that's, that's Alan Johnston. Alan Johnston. Um, at Sunderland. Yeah. So two spells in Ajax. Sorry, one at Fulham. Didn't play at Fulham. Then went to Larty and scored ten in forty, and finished at HJK in twenty eleven. That's actually not that long ago. Uh, look up Yerry Lipman because he was a, he had great vision. I remember, mm. um, and scored not many goals for Liverpool, but scored enough that he would be memorable. Um, in the same way as Fernando Torres did. Um, That's a lie. Fernando Torres is much more prolific for Liverpool. Uh, Oh, you know what? Robbie Fowler was definitely someone who made me, and Steve McManaman made me fall in love. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Suddenly, for some reason, I thought of Robbie Fowler with blonde hair and thought, I love that man. Um, Just a really good kid. Uh, Oh, no, not Ian Rush. I wasn't wasn't all that uh, bothered by Ian Rush. Uh... I think who else, you know, it was, you know what, I'm not kidding. Matty Holland made me fall in love with, I don't know why. Um, I loved, I love footballers with tidy haircuts. Do you know what I mean? Like a good bit of hair can make a player look so much more majestic. Yes, I would agree with that. Pirlo being probably the best example, right? But he, uh, I mean, yeah, but I didn't have uh, sort of ready access to him. Do you know what I mean? Um, and also, uh, long hair is much more difficult to cultivate as a kid, whereas tidy hair is uh, a lot easier to make happen, or at least you think make happen. Uh, there's a lot of people, Chris, uh, are asking, answering your question right here, uh, and I believe the thread actually might still be going on. Uh, Jay James says his is uh, Paul Scholes. Uh, Paul Scholes is a good one. Uh, someone else says Ashley Williams. He battles week in and week out with a genuine love for the game. One hell of a player. That's interesting because obviously he's sort of, uh, you know, left left Swansea under a cloud, would you say, Chris? Or is that not fair to say? Um, 
I could see a decent argument for both, if that makes sense. Yeah, that is a great fence-sit technique there. Um, you could. Uh, sporting CP's Acosta. Oh, uh, Rui Costa. Uh, I loved him as well. He was good. I'm trying to think of who else. He was, he, he was now Rui Costa was a player. I... Never I quite reached that. Achieved. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if he ever quite achieved what was expected in terms of his career. But on his day, he was. Oh, he could could find holes in a brick wall. Uh, yes, uh, Kaka as well also made me fall in love. I think uh, certain players on certain games as well also made me love um, them. Kaka was fantastic on Pro Evolution Soccer four and three. Um, and had like just the best through ball to share. Cause I say I did like I liked Inzaghi as a kid. Um, there's something that was really appealing about a selfish striker when you're a child. Do you know what I mean? Definitely, Inzaghi, Inzaghi was ah, uh, he he was. See, the thing is, <clears throat> my team never played against him, but I imagine in the same way that kind of whenever my team would come up against Ashley Cole, I would just ah. Uh, yeah, I just end up shouting at the television. I imagine it's exactly the same with Inzaghi. He's a he's a nuisance. That's the best way to describe Inzaghi. What about um, Zizou? Uh, yes, I mean, I'll, we'll never contest he was was talented. He's not someone that that for me kind of I saw out. If that makes sense. Good point. Yeah. Because that was that was the thing when when we were growing up to sound forty odd. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You you did have to do a little bit of searching to find football. It wasn't as kind of pushed as highly. So if you wanted to watch Zidane, you had to watch the Spanish game on Sunday at nine o'clock or something like that. So it wasn't something I saw a huge amount of, but of course he's an exceptionally talented player. Good point. Uh, obviously, Chris, uh, someone growing up in your area would be Alan Shearer. Yes. Um, he, he's not someone that ever kind of captured my imagination personally. Yeah, why, why is was, that? Because he isn't, he isn't the most... I guess he's not the most inspirational uh, figure? No, I would, I would say in so many ways he's inspirational because, you know, as he himself says, he's just a sheet metal worker's son. Like, there, there's a lot to buy into there, and I see why a lot of people do. Personally, I always just appreciated midfielders. Um, because yeah. it was the position I played, so he it was, play it was deeper, guys like Solano for a little while. I mean, he, he said he played, you know, when he played deeper, he was a good player for Newcastle. He was never a midfielder. Yeah. I get your point, but yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, he, he contributed. I mean, he would often put decent crosses in. I don't think his assist numbers were terrible actually for a forward. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things where I just kind of always gravitated towards midfielders for some reason, um, or, or kind of those second strike is not necessarily the number nines yeah exactly yeah i always feel that way about strikers as well it's always the one it's, it's not always the one doing the finishing um but sometimes it is um ooh, glenn hoddle the player uh which you which chris replied to an important clarification um yeah glenn hoddle the manager despite his uh religious or whatever views you want to call them um was a good Pretty reasonable manager at the time. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, his personality, says uh, Salah Mohammed. That's an interesting one. Personality, I, I suppose, or the, the perceived personality. Mm. Uh, what about Clive Allen? I don't know much about Clive Allen, if I'm completely honest. Yeah, um, God. nothing. <laughs> nothing, no emotion. Raquel May, that is a great shout. Yes. Uh is a really good one, because Raquel May really did boss things. Uh, especially when he was at Villarreal. Villarreal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, Joe, Man City legend, was scoring goals for fun at CSKA at the time I started mm. watching football, says uh, Alexis Golitsyn. 
Uh, if yeah. you're ever free, try it, says someone else. Um, Peter Beardsley is also a good shout, like you said earlier, Chris. Uh, Raquel May is getting a good few shouts in the... Uh, Pavon, Carlos Pavon is a really good one. I can't claim to know a huge deal about him, even though he's he's from the place that I kind of cover sometimes. Um, yeah, he's not someone I'm hugely familiar with. Uh, but there were, to be honest, there were a lot of strikers in his mould, <clears throat> excuse me, in CONCACAF that have, let's say, less than spectacular club careers, but consistently find the net on the international level. So Carlos Ruiz is probably the best example. He actually just came out of retirement. And I, <laughs> leading on from our initial topic, I actually met him after the game and had a, a brief really? chat with him in the in the hallway. Um, because someone, he's a he's a huge kind of MLS hero in so many ways, like anti-hero almost, um, and a bit of a character. And everyone wanted photographs with him. And I remarked, "Are you famous or something?" And he started to laugh. And then we were just talking about kind of a, a few different things. Uh, there's a good answer like that you actually reminded me as well of the fact that I have been I followed um, the first teams that I ever met was um, the Canadian national team um, who we followed for a whole gold cup and because we were the only journalists who followed and covered them at every um, place because you know for some reason Canada didn't care much uh, like those arsehole Canadians are um, they uh, they they gave us interviews with anyone we wanted. We got a Tiba Hutchinson. We got um, where is a Tiba now? I'd love to know that. Um, we got De Guzman. Uh, we got I can't remember who else was part of that team. Uh, but there was another guy who was a French Canadian who was just funny, uh, and he was not particularly quick, but he scored a lot of goals in the tournament and did some good things. Um, and was it Will Jones? Will Will Johnson. Will Johnson. Good kid. He looked about five, but um, yeah. it was an excellent interview. And then we also met, who was the captain at the time? Paul Stelteri. Great guy. Oh, yeah. But Good a, a death stare, if you asked a question, which was anything but what he wanted to answer. Um, it, it, anyway, that was good. We, that was very close. And we were close with all the people in that tournament. And I, I've got to admit, it's always given me a bit of a an enjoyable um, situation with any footballer at a lower level because the Canadian guys were very humble with the way that we dealt with them and you know they knew the good thing that we were trying to do in getting a closer relationship with the fans and I really appreciate that because as a young blogger you always need it's really important that you have people who partly believe in what you're doing as well as you you know um, mm. at least it was for me you know I, and it was really good to get the validation from those guys and for them to be like oh we see what you're doing here like you know you've driven what was 4,000 miles at the time to be here um and you know we took a uh, few hours of a plane ride um uh and uh who else uh i mean oh and we also covered you know what was interesting was once we covered the island games for um, oh, wow for copper 90 with tom deacon and we went to the island and obviously uh you know none of these guys are sort of massive international stars although a few guys from bermuda we, by the way, it was in Bermuda. Um, incredible island, go and visit it. Um, we visited Bermuda and it was incredible, like just the best holiday slash, you know, uh, filming gig you've ever had. And um, basically the local teams all just were so interested. You know, there's teams like uh, Bermuda and uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, anyone's on the island, so Faroe Islands, uh, you know, D Dominican, uh, so many small islands from around the world. And um, essentially everyone gave you interviews because, you know, we were there. Greenland, I think, were there. We were the only people who were really interested in what they were doing. Um, and it really sort of gave me a, an affection for those guys because everyone realised, you know, you, you know, essentially you can show uh, everyone else what you, what you want to say and do uh, if you speak to the cameras. Uh, so it was very, very interesting. Um, Chris, Matt, Rafa Marquez is a good answer, isn't he? He is. He's, he is huge in Mexico. Yeah, why? Um, I would argue because he, he kind of went to Europe. I, I mean, again, this is just my opinion. It's not rude, yeah. in fact. I, I sense it's because he went to Europe because he played at such a high level as well. He was at Barcelona and, and the the kind of fandom that comes with that. Um, 
he was also the captain of the national team and I think that position as unstable as the surroundings are is very very much held in high regard and I mean he was playing even in the Copa America in the summer um, and was was not embarrassed actually I thought had a little bit of a a renaissance. He was he was popping the ball around like nobody's business. Um, so yeah, he's. I think he. I think it's just for what he represents. It's the idea of he he left the country and achieved so much. I think they really appreciate that Mexicans. Mm, um, did you, uh, John Arisa, another person that I had a lot of affection for as a kid, um, just because he scored some incredible goals? Um, mm. As does as De, I've got a question here for you, Chris. As Dybala seems to be the successor to Suarez at Barcelona. Would Juventus want more for him than they did for Pogba? What a question. I'm going to say no. Interesting. And if and if I was buying him, the argument I would make is there are a lot of players in his mould, there are not as many in Pogba's. Very interesting point. Um, supply, supply and demand almost. Chris, we have a point now where we will uh, not break, but let's talk a little bit about uh, fantasy football. Uh, could you, can we call it fantasy football? Yeah, absolutely. It's called FanDuel. Um, those guys are sponsoring the podcast. Uh, we've had some lovely emails from them over the past week saying there have been some great guys who have signed up using the code I am the whole. And just that anyone were going to do that in the first place. Uh, I was very impressed with uh, from the podcast. But all two of you, thank you so much. Um, I joke, it was three. Um, uh, you know, thank you so much for signing up in the first place uh, and using the code down the hole. If you haven't yet signed up for FanDuel, then go over there and have a go. Uh, if you do uh, do like a fresh sign up, which I know is probably unlikely considering that you watch us on the Football Republic and so many other places that we we promo FanDuel. Um, if not, then it's still just tweet us and let us know that, you know, you went and did a bit of FanDuel and found us on there. I'm on it, LozCastTF3. Um I'm pretty sure you can probably find Kristen on there as well. Dave, you can definitely find on there. I think it's Dave Talks TF3. Um, and Adam will be on there as well somewhere. I, I don't know what his username is. But anyway, the, the point is go over and play FanDuel because there are some fantastic options on there. And that was partly, Chris, uh, another thing I was going to talk to you about um, was, you know, when I first got into fantasy football and first got into FIFA and all those other things, it expanded my idea of what a good player was. Did you have the same experience? Definitely. <clears throat> I can remember many years ago playing, um, you know when newspapers used to do it? <clears throat> yes. And, and I think you had to ring up a phone line or something. Well, my dad's work, I uh, used to work in Nissan, and they did, they basically took the prices and the because they used to obviously release how much how many points each player had at, at the end of the week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think on the Sunday paper, um, and they used to keep track of it that way. And I, I remember agonising over who to to pick in defence. I remember Gareth Southgate made it into our team because we looked at the table the last year, and Borough had quite a good record. And Alexander Kleb was in there as well. Oh, really, yeah. It was the year that he joined Arsenal, <clears throat> and I assumed he would be quite good. This was was sadly not the case. Uh, why? Why? What happened, Chris? He just didn't get enough points. It was it, <clears throat> it was not um, as complex or engaging as as, as the FanDuel models. It was a little bit more simplistic, and and that didn't do too well for old Alex. That's a very good point. Yeah, um, there are some good. Hold on a minute. Um, there are some there are some good options at the moment. I mean, I'm really I'm really enjoying sort of picking my FanDuel team. Um, I it it sort of makes you uh, look a little bit more into other positions. Maybe you're not so interested, in, and you begin to appreciate players like um, Christian Fuchs for a start. Uh, I think he has become somewhat iconic in the FanDuel community. Um, Monreal is someone who gets uh, a lot of good points as well, um, and there's. Uh, hold on a minute. I've got average points here. And there's someone else who's getting a lot of points, uh, and at least average points on uh, FanDuel. And it's Davis of Hull, or De- Curtis Davies. Is it Davis or Davies? I don't really know how to say it, but um, he's doing a good job, uh, as is Danny Rose, as is uh, Scott. Scott Dan. Um, and I don't know, it's just sort of leading me to appreciate more and more all these different players. Another one, Chris, James Milner. Uh, another one Mr. Dependable well since he's gone to West uh, West Brom Nasser Chadley 
that doesn't surprise me. Why? Like, why would you pick Chadley if you're going to go for uh, a team? Because he, uh, the reason that FanDuel seem to like him is because he creates a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. Um, his successful pass rate is fairly good. And mm-hmm. uh, not only that, but um, it's also about shots on target for him as well, obviously, considering his position and where he plays, which is also midfield. But considering how attacking he is, you know, you know how good he is. So since he joined West Brom, He's essentially been given the keys to their attack, as they say. Yeah. And he, I watched him against Sunderland. Uh, and it, essentially everything runs through him with West Brom at the minute. So he's always going to have passing options. He's going to get the ball a lot. He's targeted with the, kind of just playing off the forward. And so the, there's runs kind of either side. He's, I mean, his goal, for example, it's a really good touch. It's a nice burst of pace and it's a shot. They've bought him essentially, as I say, to, to run the, the attack for them in the final third. So he's going to get a lot of those attacking opportunities that will kind of get you points and, and move you kind of further up. So it's it's a risk, of course, because there'll be weekends where he does absolutely jackedly squat and too much is put on him in terms of expectation. There will also be the same, if not more, weekends where he has an absolute stormer because he's been given the ball a lot and he's allowed to be, he's allowed to build that momentum in the game. That's that's the most difficult thing for an attacker is building that momentum. Sometimes you have to do it very kind of quickly and just with a few touches. But if you're getting it a lot, it, it can be very easy to kind of have an influence. Uh, um, yeah, and in that uh, very game, Chris, he made got 40 points on Fangio with four chance created, uh, five successful passes. Seems low almost. Um, and uh, two shots on target. Um, an impressive figure. Now, Chris, tell me, who do you think so far this season has been the best striker this season on FanDuel. Ooh, the best striker this season. He's been in really good form early on. I'll give you a clue. He's Belgian. I was going to say Benteke. It is close. It's his oh, counterpart. Lukaku. Lukaku, yes. Fair play. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he's been fantastic this season. Uh, six matches and an average of 32.29 points. I know what you're thinking. Incredible. Um, uh, he's done very, very well so far. His, his best game so far was actually against Crystal Palace. Uh, good for him. Good lad. Um, oh, hold on a sec. I'm fantastic. Um, Roberto Firmino, Chris, uh, also seems to be a bit of a surprise package this season. Why is Roberto Firmino becoming the surprise package of the Premier League? <clears throat> I think a good portion of this is the spaces and the running that he does. He, I would imagine if you look at the, the distance covered numbers, he's not top of the table every time. It's it's where he chooses to run. He's, he's always trying to find space and peeling away from the main action, which might sound counterintuitive to someone in his position, but actually it really helps because it makes a, a really difficult situation for the defender because he has to choose, do I follow him, do I stay... It's it's very confusing in that sense for a, a defender, or it can be. And like I say, in general, I think to look at things away from the field, he's a year into the Premier League now, so he's settled. I think he understands the nuances a little bit better. And he's playing in a very good team. I think you can't overlook that when you're trying to pick players to, to really score you those points. Is who currently is in form. It might seem great on paper to get a player that is, is doing really well. Um, but you need to look at how they're performing week to week to see if you can get them in the middle of that form rather than the tail end of it. Very good point. Um, anyway, uh, I'm trying to look for some other questions for you right now. Uh, I think there are some good questions out there. Um, keep them coming in. I, hashtag I am the whole. Um, we will answer more on the weekend. Uh, Chris, with the international break coming up, what kind of stuff do you sink your teeth into as an international journalist? Uh, anything going on stateside or sort of conquer side? The US are playing Cuba. Is that uh, competitively? Uh, I don't believe it's competitively. I think it's a friendly. Um, but it, it obviously has a lot of much wider picture ramifications. Um, those two countries have a very tangled history. Um, sure it seems as if they're building bridges. I mean, you look at someone like Ozzy Alonso, who was uh, a Cuban international. He defects. is in MLS now. I think he hadn't seen his father for eight years because obviously he couldn't go back and you know it's it's not always easy for people to leave Cuba to go to the US so there's that um, 
in general, I, I tend to, to use the, the break as an opportunity to catch up on what's just occurred. Um, because you, you really can't keep abreast of everything in detail. So these breaks are a good chance to go back. And, and often when you study those things with a little bit of time between them, you, you come away having much better formed opinions from those who, who analyse it. That's a very good point. It also gives you a bit of time to uh, sit back, look at who's doing well in fantasy and begin to sort of form a plan for when they get back. Because the good thing is you can look at what they're doing away on the internationals and be like, ah, should some prices be higher? You know, will Lukaku play well for Belgium while he's away? Uh, you know, will Firmino... I think Firmino and Coutinho both got called out for the uh, Brazil squad, so it's worth looking out for them. Go and look at your team reports. Go and look at all the team reports um, and sort of go down the route of, ooh, you know, what information can I pick up here, which will be handy later. Um, I always find that good because, you know, essentially you can get better at a game. Um, Ibrahim is also very high up there, but obviously he's retired now. It's the international break. Um, Chris, thoughts on uh, Southgate and the England squad? It's not corrupt. Think, <laughs> you're right. It's um, it's all above board. Southgate, as as you said the other day, there he's a nice guy. I question I question his ability at the top level because think, actually when he this, it, I mean it doesn't have to be a long term thing. It was a lovely no, short term right. arrangement. It's a it's a short term thing. It's respective minnows for the most part that he's going to face. Um. He just tanked so horribly with the under-21s at the last tournament mm. that I'm concerned that the same same will apply. I mean, he's working arguably with much better players. It's it's all it's all just a little bit disorganised England at the minute. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, also, it, it, it all feels the, a little There's bit not weird, an identity it? there. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that seems very clear. Um, and that's, other, that's sad. Yeah, Chris, in other headlines, obviously, Joey Barton and his Rangers issues uh he's been charged by the sfa with um placing 44 bets on matches allegedly one of which was against uh celtic losing hugely yes joey barton is someone that thinks he's a lipazina but really is a shetland pony um i i don't I, i don't denigrate his desire to improve himself um, and grow as a person I don't always know how true to the process he is though I sense a lot of it is superficial improvement and he, he certainly stoked the fires when he went to Rangers he talked about being the best player in Scotland and all great I'm sure that does a lot for the marketing of, of Scottish football so often though I just wish it was actions and not words with Joey that were positive Sometimes it was actions in the past. Um, and you know what? There's a reason why he keeps returning to football, essentially. Um, but you, I mean, partly money. Um, but you do also sort of worry for the long term for any player like that. Um, Chris, have you looked through this list of players, uh, the, the 60 of the best young talents in the world that has been put through uh, by uh, The Guardian just uh, today? Some great names in there. I'm just wondering if you've picked anyone out because there are some good... Uh, apparently from the Bosnian Luis Suarez to Milan's wonder kid, obviously, uh, Donnarumma. Um, who, who, have, you, have you seen this list? I did. I had a scan through it this afternoon. Um, it's, it's on my reading list, so to speak. The, one of the names that jumped out is Isak of, I think it's AIK. Um, yep. I, I've seen him very sporadically um, while his career has kind of started. He's... He does look very talented, I must admit. Um, the, the difficulty with this kind of thing is they are so young that it's it's players that could could very easily uh, flop in that sense. There's no, there really is no guarantee that they do anything of note. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's always fun to. Well, this is the thing. It's always fun to kind of check through. You know, the the golden is it the Golden Boy Award? That's always kind yes. of fun to revisit every year and see. I'm trying to think what was it I did recently. Do so you compare um, how many of the Golden Boy winners are still around? <laughs> no. Um, oh, that was it. I did a I did a Benega piece in Ava, yeah. the summer uh, for, for Yahoo. And uh, I went back to look at the Under-20 World Cup in Canada, I think in 07. And I looked through some old FIFA documents that outlined the best players of the tournament. And there were some obvious names that have 
you know, uh, come to fruition with that potential. But then there are some that I've just never even heard of, and it's good to kind of, albeit a little bit shouting for it, I guess, to, to go through and just see where their careers ended up. Yeah. But um, it's an interesting point, because especially as we're talking about our favourite players, um, you know, uh, what, 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 you know, where they all end up. Another person sort of uh, chiming in on Twitter saying Thierry Henry was one of the players who made him fall in love with football. And I had to say I have to agree because he was so young and enthusiastic and everything was just so positive about him. I absolutely loved Thierry Henry when I was younger and obviously some fantastic goals as he got older. Um, he really was majestic, wasn't he? Chris? And you know what was great about him was he was not only good in adverts, but he was as good in the adverts as he was in real life and vice versa. He was. Henri <clears throat> was an image as well. That's that's something I take away from it. It's those players who, it wasn't just how they played, it was that kind of they, they merged into pop culture. So they became something bigger than themselves. Um, and I think he definitely did that. It's, it often arrives via boot sponsors and things like this. But that, that whole period in general, that was... To me, that's when I look at Nike and think, yeah, that was when you guys were probably at your best relative to, to just before and just after. Because you had the the advert on the boat where they played the 3v3 with the silver ball. Yep, absolutely fantastic. I, ha- I had that ball, funnily enough. I had the, the small version for it um, to, to play in the, the schoolyard or school playground with. Um, and, God, the amount of times I sat in my living room and was essentially recreating that. Yeah, and in your mind, all that other stuff is happening around you. Mm. You just try and do the tricks, you know. You try and do the stuff that they do. That's the, that's the fun. It's it's very much uh, watch and repeat. Yeah, I agree. Um, anyway, this one, this podcast has gone all over the place. Um, but here we are, uh, more or less the end of it now. Uh, don't forget head over to our fan jewel. Uh, remember, you can't play it during the international break, but if you have signed up already uh then thank you very much for doing so with the code i am the whole uh and you know thanks a lot for, for listening in the first place it's been fantastic uh, i hope you've enjoyed our uh videos that we've been putting up on twitter we've got one out of chris at the moment it, well a few days ago now uh of uh him talking about bob bradley um we will have one out very soon and previewing the games for when we return in a few weeks one in germany uh, one in England, which will obviously be uh, Liverpool versus Manchester United. And obviously Dave will be back very shortly on his return from Germany. There's a lot to come up on TF3 post-international break, and we're looking forward to having you guys with us. Uh, Chris, in the meantime, where can people go find you? Statman Chris? <laughs> um, yes. Uh, Twitter, at K-H-E-N-E-A-G-E. Facebook. Um, i trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah, yes, you're already sex. here. So. Oh, now I've got your... Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's just a desperate attempt to try and get people to engage. Yeah. Yeah. And did it Did it work? Nah, not even close. <laughs> uh, good. Uh, anyway, it's been great to have you guys. And uh, we'll see you again real soon on TF3.